At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast with David Liz So manifest the greater this And things all good cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth is mental health It's an inside game, no toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, Elizabeth Holtzra, host of the Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. My name is David McCullough, and today I have a special guest. But first, I want to say, what up, though? Peace and blessings. How y'all doing? I got my guy Ahmad Muhammad here, who is the host of Breaking the Machine podcast. What's up, man? Nothing much. I'm just I'm I'm lucky and blessed to be here and just to build with you, man. Um, we just been having some great conversation and just building, and um, I, I feel like we on the same purpose, same mission. So it, it it was like you know divine alignment that we finally meet up and tap in. Yeah, well, I just got turned on to you a week ago. Mm. A buddy of mine um, sent me your page on IG, and I went there and I saw, um, what's the astral plane? Mm, ancestral ancestral plane. plane. Yep. Yeah, and I saw the ancestral plane, and I was I was looking at some of your clips and everything, and I was like, yo, I'm vibing this guy. Yeah. So um, first, what what does breaking the machine mean? Well, it was originally supposed to be break in the machine, like okay. a break in the machine. Like my whole concept for it was, you know, live, growing up in the inner city, you know, we, we, we always say, you know, sometimes you only get one shot. And that was my whole, you know, concept for it. You know, this machine is constantly revolving. Mm-hmm. Nobody can get out of this machine, this, you know, prison, you know, um, school to prison pipeline. But. Everybody gets their break in the machine. Everybody gets their opportunity to get out. And if you don't take that break, mm. you might be forever trapped in a cycle. But when I was saying break in the machine, it sounded like breaking the machine. Mm. or It just didn't sound like, I don't know if people. So it's like a pause. Yeah, it's a pause. A and pause I didn't, yeah, I didn't know if people were going to be able to catch that, you know, that it wasn't breaking the machine. It was break in the machine. So I was just like, I'm just going to call it breaking the machine just so I don't have to deal with all that. But it was originally supposed to be called break in the machine. And that was the concept for it. Okay. So when did you, when did you start your podcast? Um, I started the podcast um, back in January. So about like six months ago, um, about seven, six, seven months ago. And um, it was it was an idea that I had laying dormant for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to actually originally call it Elevated Planes, you know, play it off the ancestral plane. But okay. um, I didn't want it to be too elevated and conscious and this and that, that I couldn't touch the, the, the people from the community that I come from. Because, you know, a lot of the conversation mm-hmm. that I have with a lot of young guys, you know, it, we have conscious conversations, but we have real conversations. And I wanted to have real conversations. I wanted to give the podcast a title that represented 
real conversations, breaking the machine, something that people from my generation and in my community could get mm. behind. And it wasn't so much about spirituality and, you know, all So you felt stuff. like you felt like spirituality and consciousness was too out of out of touch? I felt like or out of we, reach? We, no, it's not out of reach, but I wanted to bring it to them in a way that they w- it would be palatable for them. You know, okay. Malcolm and, and, and a lot of different uh, uh, the teachers in the past, they had to put it in a way that would be susceptible for the community. Well, you know, Jesus spoke in parables, right? Well, Because <laughs> yeah. you have complicated top topics exactly. and you have to be able to break that down to make mm. it relatable to the person, right? So I, I noticed you mentioned Malcolm and then you got the name of... Ahmad Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So what is that? You were born into the, the nation? Absolutely. I was born into the nation of Islam. And um, I tell people all the time, anything that I say of substance or, you know, it, it catches people off guard or they, they think it's good, I, I got it from the nation of Islam. Well, that, that made sense because the first time I talked to you, I just happened to say I was talking about systems that we needed to produce within mm-hmm. our community that was going to be uh, helpful. And I said the only only system that I've seen that's been pretty resourceful and I don't hear a lot of infighting or garbage from is the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Did you think I knew that you were part I of the Nation? I thought you knew. I, I thought you knew. I didn't know. Yeah. I just knew your first name. Yeah. But, I mean, being black, I mean, we a yeah, lot of us got... Yeah, right, like, right. A lot of us have names that can make it seem like you're a mm-hmm. part of that, but we don't, you know, my friend's name is Hakeem. And, but actually, I grew up where my dad, he wasn't a part of the nation, but at the same time, you can tell there was an influence. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the final call papers and things of that nature. Um, so that's why when now when you're talking and I go to some of your videos, I'm like, I'm like, why? This guy's this guy bright, man. He's mm-hmm. speaking a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. And, and how old are you? 22. So I was I was impressed in that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why I reached out to you because I said, look, this guy, I want to get the younger generation to start bridging the gap between what you want to call it, the old heads mm-hmm. and the younger heads yeah. and to be able to, you know, again, bridge that gap and, and, and get on the same page and be able to impart some things in you and take some things from you as well, from mm-hmm. your generation. Like we had a conversation yesterday, like I wanted to know from you, how is, how does your generation feel in terms of like this, the collective consciousness of it, how does it feel to you overall? And, you know, I'm going to say what I said yesterday. It feels lonely, you know, not mm. my personal experience, but just from what I gather from, you know, being around other, you know, people my age, being around my friends, you know, it's people have gotten into a lonely place because social media makes you feel like you're not where everybody else is at. Mm. It, the, 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 goal and the the thing that you want to be in life is so elusive because it's not real so you you go to where they said they're at and then they're not there they're down mm-hmm. the block then you go down the block and then they're up the street then they're downtown mm-hmm. then they're running you never can catch them so a lot of people have you know especially the younger generation and all generate a lot of generations but especially my generation it's just it just feels lonely because you feel like you're never where everybody's at like uh, you know, the 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 older you get, you feel like you 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 realize that you're chasing something. Well, most don't realize that you're chasing something that just really just doesn't exist. And so they thinking that I just fell behind. Mm-hmm. They're up that hill. I'm just not running fast enough. Mm-hmm. They were just there when people are not even running. They're not even in the race. So so okay. 
let's let's break a couple things down there when you say so is it just your generation in the black culture or do you find that mm. you know across the board and or have you been around the other cultures and what do you you feel that well, that's widespread from what i see is is uh, across the board you know um being on being in college and on the college campus you meet a lot of different people with from different ethnicities and races and you know from what i've gathered it's it's pretty much the same thing across the board it's just most of their lack of perception of life or lack of perception of happiness comes from they have, you know, maybe certain communities outside the black community, they have the nice things. They live in the nice house. They live in an affluent neighborhood. They have both of their parents, but they don't have that love. They're trying to they're trying to make up that sense of love and sense of culture. You know, they're looking at our culture, which is the most affluent culture right now, and they're trying to say, you know what, I wish I did have that, you know, that that sort of, you know, that 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 family structure in terms of going out to the barbecue and all of us hanging out or just hanging out at the spot or, you know, just having that. But a lot of people in the black community know that that's just a facade, you know, and some of that exists and some of it doesn't exist, but it's a lot of different things that happen. And we're able to put on a better front because in the black community, a lot of things go unsaid, you know, mm. a lot of, di- it's a lot of different things that go unsaid and we just move on. I mean, that's, that's what happened during slavery. A lot of things went on, but we had to keep it pushing. And that's what we do better than any other culture. We keep it pushing. And, um, we're just at a, we're just at a point right now in life, you know, people don't want to keep it pushing. They want to get to the real. And that's why you got platforms like this and platforms like mine. People want to get to what's really real. We're tired of, acting like nothing's going on, like we're not in pain, like we don't see what's going on in society. Right. We just want some real truth. Right. So what's the what's the what's been happening in terms of um social media? Like mm-hmm. how you you alluded to that earlier, you were talking about social media. So what are some very specific things that you see that's happening with social media and um how that's influencing people mentally, emotionally? Well, I feel like Social media in general, not everybody doesn't want to be an influencer. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about followers and stuff like that. In my personal walk and what what I see, I don't really think people care more so about followers and fame. Like the average person that I know, you know, coming from my community where I grew up, they really don't care about the followers. But the things that we say on social media and the alter ego that we take on is 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 it's happening to everybody you know i was having a conversation with one of my uh, homeboys and i was telling him you know a lot of different issues i hear on social media i don't see in the community right but it's something like when we get on facebook and when we get on twitter we say the things that's either in us or we think we're supposed to say or what we Mm. wanted to say and that's what causes that misperception of life you know the people getting on social media saying different things that either they're not living that they don't really want or they say they want, but they've never had, so they don't even know what that entails. Mm. And they're just putting it on of a side, and then the younger generation looks at that and says, okay, that's life. And then I said, I, you know, I was having a conversation, and, and I was on my podcast, and I was saying that some of these kids, I mean children, some of these children, they associate with their avatar more than their real life. Yeah, they, they say it with your avatar. They're caught up in that avatar, man. And, right. and a lot of these kids, these children, they're out here and they're looking at their avatar and they've been brought up with this social media to the point where their avatar, they feel like it's them. And then they're running around saying this stuff and, 
they call it Twitter fingers, saying different things that they would never say in real life, doing things that they would never do in real life. And then you meet an OG or somebody who doesn't, who predates the internet or predates social media, and they'll tell you, like, hey, man, you got to stand on all 10. I don't accept that. I don't care what you've been doing online and what you've been saying. You you standing in front of a real one. And I was raised by some real ones. I was raised yeah. in that, that military structure. So I, I can see through it, you know, and that's what that's just what I see. Yeah, well, that that is a problem associating with your avatar and you thinking mm-hmm. you believing that's you and you believing that's how the world is. Because when you get on there, you can get hit with like all these um, drastic things that's happening mm-hmm. in life. Like, oh, for instance, like I did a we did a podcast a previous one called uh, Stimulus Porn, mm-hmm. and we was talking about you know the amount of stimulus that we're receiving from from not just social media but from anything in terms of watching shows and stuff like that. Right, so. When you see something over and over and over, you're getting hypnotized and programmed and they believe that's reality. Mm. So if you continue, so you say a, a video that came across your timeline where they shot a, a, a black man, police officer, right? So mm. if you see that over and over and over, you go outside and you expect that maybe police should be at your door with the guns drawn, right? Mm. But that's not the reality. There is That is a reality, but that is not the only reality, right? Mm. So what you see and what you consistently see is going to become your reality. And that's why your generation can be caught up in that cycle, mm. you know. And, and what you guys consent, consistently see, too, is this idea of success that's so just mm-hmm. erroneous. Mm-hmm. It has taken me 15 years just to get to the place where it looks like I'm successful. And y'all want it tomorrow, mm. right? You want it tomorrow. You don't want to fail. Like You know how many ass kickings I've taken just from failing in business, mm. you know? And, you know, the, the internet makes it seem like that is just so easy, mm. so easy to be successful. And And there's very few and far in between people who have, they, they want on even I'll, I'll I'll give you a good example of this. You ever you ever familiar with trading? A uh, forex trading, the forex trading, stock or, tra- oh, yeah, or stock I'm, trading, I'm right? Yeah. A lot of us are starting to be aware of this, right? So I got into this company, and this company they teach you to educate you on how to do trading, mm. and it was quite a few of us doing the trading, and man, I was winning my trades, mm. and when I was winning my trades, I'm calling everybody, man, I'm winning, I'm up, yeah. like, like I'm good, but I noticed. When I lost, I was silent. Mm. Like, I didn't say yep. anything. Yep. But then I would call one of my, my, and then my homie would call me like, what, you blew your account or something? And he's like, because I ain't heard from mm. you. I'm like, man, yeah, mm. <laughs> I blew my account. Yeah, And it wasn't just me. It was all of us. Mm. When we, because when people got silent, we would pick up the phone like, you blew your account? Mm. Like, damn, I did, man. Because people didn't want to talk about their failures and one thing i do as a as a part of what we do of inner health and inner wealth and inception is that i always talk about my i've talked about experience in depression i've talked about experience in anxiety and sleeplessness because if i don't share those things mm. right then i'm not i'm not helping anybody and that's what we're caught up in as a generation and this facade like you said the avatar but the avatar is not who you are mm. Right. Absolutely. So how how do you feel like 
what's some of your solutions that you're bringing to the table to help help your generation start to move away from that thought process? Well, you know, it's powerful what you just said, you know, and, and I think when you when you expose that vulnerability, you put those breadcrumbs so people know how to navigate the, the, the you know, the journey that you have to get to get to the top. You at the top of the mountain and they at the bottom and then it's like, you know, or we're, you know, on an elevated plane of the mountain and then we're like, hey, man, we're up here. How do they know how to navigate? They don't know how to get up there. So if you're not, you know, giving them no breadcrumbs to get up there, you just telling them, hey, I'm here. And then it kind of looks like, you know, it kind of looks uh, kind of um, like boasting, you know, if you mm. don't get a breadcrumbs. It's just mm. saying, I'm here, you're there. Right. Come catch figure, me. F- figure it figure out. Figure it out. You know, and a lot of people think, you know, in, in, in our culture, or just in culture in general, and that's how I go. Man, I had to bump my head. You figured out, nah, that's not what we're doing. So I think the biggest thing that I try to do is just, like you said, be be that vulnerable. Tell people what's really going on. You know, like, man, I know a lot of people might look at my platforms, look at what I'm doing and say, man, uh, he's, in, you know, he's a, a very upstanding young man and I really strive to be, but I'm not perfect, you know, and I just want, I, I, we have those conversations on breaking the machine to let people know, like, you know what, these are different things that I'm battling with, you know, I'm battling with self-worth, I'm battling with looking at social media myself and saying, mm-hmm. hey man, I'm supposed to be like this, you know, there's a lane for everybody. If you a basketball player. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Aaron, you're going to look at other basketball players and say, man, I'm better than him or... Man, uh, I should. Be, I want to be where he's at, you know. And, and it's different lanes, it's different podcasts. I might look at it, you know, different influences. And it's like you can't do that. So I let people know, you know, just how I navigate these different things, what I did, who I talked to, in order to navigate these different journeys that I might go through. But I think the biggest thing is just to have these conversations because a lot of these positive young children, they don't have that. They don't see the good guys win. They always see the bad guys win. Mm. And the good guys is always silent with their wins. We need to see the good guys be loud with our wins and let the let the children know, hey, man, you can be good and you can still win. You can, The good guys win, you know, because we, we're taught that the good guys, you know, finish last, the good guys never yeah. win and all this other yeah. stuff. That's my biggest thing. I get on this podcast to show my generation and the younger generation, like, man, good guys can, you know, they can win, they can be successful, you know, so they can stay on principle, they can stay on all 10, you know what I'm saying, and they can look good while doing that at the same time. So, you know, and and you can be from the community and do it. You don't have to sell out or start talking like you can talk like you talk, you know. So it's just, that's what I do. I just try to show them, man, the good guys, man, we're going to win in the end. You said something, too, on your podcast that really struck me, and I I reshared it, and it was that, you know, you can't correct what you don't invest in. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. You know, what I see, just something that I see working with a lot of the children um, through my program, through the DEM program um, at, at my old high school, we got a program where we basically just mentor a lot of these students through what we call trauma counseling. And mm-hmm. we just sit down and we had these conversations and we have to break through that freeze I think you was talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. As soon as we talk to these children, they in the state of freeze. You know, they don't, 
They, nothing gets in, nothing's getting out. They don't want to hear what you got to say. They they seen they feel like they've seen you before. They've seen a version of you before, and they don't want to hear what you got to say. You have to break through that freeze. But a lot of them, they don't open up until they see that you're willing to, you know, give up something, give up your time, you know what I'm saying, and, mm-hmm. you know, give up your emotions, get emotionally invested, tell them a story about where you came from, something that you battled, and they say, wow, this person is really emotionally invested. I know this dude, he looks like, you know, he's successful, he's on his way, he doesn't have to sit up here and tell me his story or tell me, you know, what he came from or some trial that he went through when he was my age and how he bounced back, because I know you're going through the same trial. That's what they want, They need. you need to give up some of your time, you have to give up some of the game, you have have to, you know what I'm saying, show them that you're invested in their success, not that you want to see them be successful. You have to invest in their success. And the the biggest thing is just time. That's why I said love is spelled T-I-M-E. You know, so you don't have to give no finances. Like if you ain't got that, you don't have to do extra stuff. All you have to do is be there. I've, al- I, I, I've always said this, you know, um, to the children. It's like you, you don't, it's not about having the best thing to say or knowing that they're going to be susceptible to what you say. It's just about constantly being there because they may never knock on your door, but just knowing that you are home gives them solace. You know, right. if they in this neighborhood, they, they're constantly in the school and they constantly, and they never knock on my office and they never come in to talk to me. Just knowing I'm there makes right. them feel good. Maybe one day I do have a problem. Maybe one day I do have an issue. I know he's there because he's mm-hmm. always there. He's consistent. He's always taking out his time. That's what means something to these children. And a lot of people want to criticize the children, criticize the generation, criticize what's going on in the, in the neighborhoods and stuff. But you don't invest no time in them. And they don't want to hear it. That's what's making them off-putting to you. Nobody wants to disrespect somebody that they love. Nobody wants to disrespect somebody that they respect. So if they're disrespecting you, they don't respect you because mm-hmm. you didn't give them no, nothing to respect. You didn't get, You think just being a man and just being me, you got to respect me. I'm your elder. These children don't operate off that anymore because mm-hmm. of what they've seen and what they've been through. You know, a lot of them had to do a lot of things that children don't have to, shouldn't have to do. You know, mm-hmm. you know, take care of different issues that they shouldn't have to take care of. So now that they've taken on that burden, a lot of them have this this thing in them. And in order to reestablish that connection and that respect, you got to give up something and you got to give up your time. And you you were saying something too yesterday in effect that you know the generation. A generation was was nursed. Mm-hmm. You remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. How a gen, how a generation was nursed off the off the breast, mm-hmm. and Minister then your, Farrakhan and your, talks about and your generation was nursed mm-hmm. off the off the what the bottle off the bottle. Mister Farrakhan talks about that, and he he talks about you know that misconnection with just human that human relation and how the younger generation has a misconnection because the older generation was nursed on the breast and the younger generation, we were nursed on the bottle, which gives us an attachment to things and material things. And the older generation is attached to human connection, attached to people. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're more so connected to, you know, it was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm. Social media is the ultimate, you know, shopping mall. It's the ultimate, you know, where, ultimate display of all these things, shiny mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. even when it comes to relationships and this is goals and all this stuff, it's the ultimate thing machine, you know? So right. now we have the perfect mixture because we're the generation who was raised on, you know, by some things and raised looking at things. So now it's the perfect storm. So, you know, that's just something that I see and in, in something that, you know, I heard from the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan and I was just like, man, that just, it's so true. It just resonates. Right. So, so. And in, in seeing that and hearing that statement about being, you know, uh, we're, you know, older generations mm-hmm. connectivity, 
like I told you, my mother and father, they lived around the block from each other. Mm-hmm. Like they got they got married at a young age and they didn't have anything together. Mm-hmm. They didn't it wasn't like from my standpoint, I always felt like, you know, and and probably maybe I'm one of the last generations to feel that way, is that um well, to start feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I won't say not to 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 not feel that way, to start feeling this way is that you gotta have it all together before you get the person that you want to be with. Mm-hmm. At that point, you, you're you not building together. You just, I got this, you got this, and now we come together, and mm-hmm. now now we're this. But there was no real build. There's no real struggle. There's no real sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? So it's this, it's a really a, a form of a synthetic mm-hmm. relationship, right? Because you're only with that person based on what they have, not based on who they are. Mm. Because at the foundation of you, I can go back into my childhood. Foundationally, man, I'm the same person for the most part. Yep. Same principles that was instilled into me mm-hmm. is the same principles I, I believe in today. And that I that I, you know, how I move. I believe in integrity. I believe in purpose. I believe in principles. Mm. And I don't sacrifice those principles. I'm not going to try to screw you over to help myself because then that hurts you. And that hurts really both of us mm, at the end of the day. That part. But we have a, a generation that we're raised, we're not raised off principles. We're raised mm. off what you say. We're raised off images. Mm. And those images are real false images that lead you to destruction. So now that we see this, how has that, you're 22, obviously. You're not married. You're single, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how these generations are now moving in terms of relationally, mm-hmm. like, and, and what that's doing in terms of building family units or not building family units. Mm. Yeah, well, just just how I look at it, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's it's very transactional. You know, it's like a transaction. It's it's you know, I, I hear you know. Love is warfare, and I hear, you know, love is, you know, a lot of different things. It's a business and all this other stuff. You know, just like you said, a lot of people are starting to push, you know, the the, the um, financial aspect of everything and how, you know, a marriage and a union is a business. And I understand that, but everything is a, a, a lot uh, more transactional than it's ever been before. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's less about, you know, genuine connection. It's less about trying to build the black family, which is the most important thing that we can do and. It's more about how do I feel, you know, how do, how, do, how does this person feel? I want this, you know, I want this image that isn't realistic at all. Mm. When people just wanted to build this family structure, that that's what we was all based off. That's what we was all raised on, you know, mm. that family structure. But it's less about the family. It's less about <clears throat> the children. You know, you see a lot of relationships, you know, uh, sever apart. And then maybe the mother has an agenda against the, you know, the the father of the child or vice versa and then it's just like when is it about the family when is it about the child when is it about this union it's not about the union it's not it's about us what do i want i want to go out here and i want to be on instagram and i want to feel this type of way and he wants to be the same thing or he wants all these women and all this other stuff but it's not about the family anymore you know we don't know nothing we we lost a sense of sacrifice you know a sense of you know uh, um a sense of sacrifice and a sense of duty, you know, duty to mm-hmm. our community, duty to, 
you know, our women loyalty. It's like, you know, we just got to get that back. But like like you said, it's just it's a it's a false sense because the images have got the images got us caught up in this what if culture. You know, what if I did that? You know, what if I, you know, flew out to Miami? What if I could have, um, you know, found a better way? It's so many what ifs because right. you're seeing stuff, not too even many know. options. And so, it, so talk about options. You said something about one of your posters. Yeah. Options. More options doesn't mean better options. It right. just means more, most of the times it just means more ego. So if you got more options, you just really got more ego and you think you got better options out here. When if you know what you like, you know what, you know, the principles and morals you was raised on, you don't have to break something just to get some more or some stuff that might not even be as good as what you already had. I know what works for me, you know, and that's what's always kept me grounded. Like you said, being raised in a nation. Um I know what works for me. You know, I know what I was, you know, grown on and I know what I was raised on, the discipline and the principles that I was raised on. I don't need to break those, you know, morals and those disciplines in order to understand what somebody else is going through or understand what somebody else's walk of life is. I know what works for me. You know, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going out to the club. I'm not, you know, running around with a whole bunch of women and stuff like that. I know what works for me. What works for me is what I was raised on, my discipline, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not perfect, but I understand that what I was raised on is good. And if it's good, then why should I trade that for something else that might just be okay? Right. And you you, you were very vulnerable with me and shared with me a lot of uh, tragedy mm-hmm. that's happened with you. And there's some things that I'm definitely, you know, I'm going to want to work with you mm-hmm. to help you through. But in, in the midst of those tragedies that you've been through, right? I still see somebody standing, and the reason why I believe that you're standing the way that you're standing and you're moving the way that you're moving is based on those principles Mm. that you're rooted in. So that's the one thing about having mental health challenges, too. I have mental health challenges, and, Mm -hmm. and, and... the myth of normal is that nobody suffers from any type of mental health challenge, which is like mm. really idiotic when you think about like like we're constantly dealing with mental challenges. We not may not be mentally ill and have a diagnosis, but on any day and time, given day and time, you can go to a psychiatrist and based on that day, you can probably be diagnosed with something, mm. you know, depending on you know, lost of loved ones over a short period of time and things of that nature, right? You can easily be diagnosed with something, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, right? But the thing that, that holds you through when I was going through my mental health challenges is those principles. Mm-hmm. And when I was suffering, I said somehow my brain got into this position and somehow I will undo what was done, mm-hmm. what's taking place. So I feel that same presence and energy from mm-hmm. you. So let's talk about what are some of the principles from the nation that, that keeps you upright? Well, in the nation, we're taught to rise above emotions into the thinking of God. And, you know, one of the basic foundations of the nation is that military structure. And, you know, we talked about this the other day, and it, it just really is what I was raised off of, you know. When you talk about drill, drill is the foundation of disciplinary training. You know, it compels the habit of obedience and stimulates the desire for cooperative strength as a unit moves together as one. So, you know, you have, in drill you have a DI, a drill instructor, and he gives the commands, he, he gives the calls, and you don't second-guess the call. When he tells left face, you snap. 
left. You know, you don't second guess what he's saying. He guides you. Mm-hmm. He is the guide. But in the larger picture, God is the DI. God is the instructor, you know. So it's really just about good and bad. You know, when you feel like doing something or you feel like you should be doing this, what's the right thing to do? You know, mm. what's the right thing to do? And it, when you get into that mind frame of being able to hear a command and to move, it's the same thing with your self-conscious. You know, it, it's the same thing with, you know, uh, that voice in your head that tells you what what the right thing to do is. You got the mm-hmm. negative voice, then you got the positive voice, that, you know, self-accusing spirit. When you hear that and you know what you're doing is wrong or you know you're supposed to do that, forget your emotions. Forget what you're feeling and you're second-guessing the call, you're sna- second-guessing the snap. Just listen to what you know is right. Hear the call and move on command. So that's really what it comes down to. You know, if I feel some type of way, if I feel like, you know, going through different trials in life and I just want to, you know, you know, like I said, I lost my father when I was uh, 10 years old. Mm. So that was a big thing for me. You know, I could have that was that's a pivotal age, especially for a child and especially for a young man um, losing my father at that age. I could have went in multiple directions, you know, but I heard the call. I never, mm-hmm. I, I, I can always hear the call, and I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew my purpose. I knew my dean, and I stayed, and I just moved on call. So you, you just got to know, you got to hear that voice of reason. You got to hear that voice of, you know, right or, you know, right versus wrong, and you just got to follow it right every time because you was born on that right path. So right. you just have to follow that. You know, everybody knows what, what you know, what they supposed to do, but then, you know, sometimes we— misconstrue it with, okay, well, I was raised in this environment. I was put up against these obstacles, and I was in a, that's that That's that other side talking to you. You know, that's that other well, side. Well, it's, it's the side of, of, of self-soothing mm. and trying to find yep. safety, yep. right? So if you're, if the call, you know, and I, I'm not a part of the nation, so I'm, I don't want to, you know, sound like I know what I'm talking about in that, mm-hmm. but if I hear what you're saying, if the call is constantly you tapping in and listening to within mm-hmm. right you're gonna you're gonna not go into the self-soothing route mm-hmm. and you may find yourself there for a moment but mm-hmm. you won't be there long mm, that part yep. right because the longer you stay there the longer you feel off course mm. and you don't want to feel off course it's interesting that we have in the black community so much religion mm-hmm. but so much mental instability and emotional instability mm. We're lying Mm -hmm. to ourselves. And a lot of us have used that religion too to where it's like, yes, if you understand what's being spoken to you, Mm -hmm. you also have to understand that's not all there is. Mm. There's more to it. Like you got introduced to Inception yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now you open, it opens you up to know what? There's more. Mm. There's more to it. You can read your Bible. You can read your Quran. But if I tear my Achilles, brother, I'm going to the orthopedic surgeon. Mm -hmm. I'm having surgery. And then I'm going to my physical therapist, Mm -hmm. right? And still doing the other spiritual practices too. Mm. All things exist for to help you benefit you, but Mm. you have to know how to use those tools and you have to be open to the tools that are presented to you. You said yesterday you got to do the work. You know, that's the most important part. You got to do the work. And you said, you know, I just, I guide the people and they do their work. I don't do it for them. I don't I do it for yeah. you. I'm not your leader. Mm. I'm your mirror mm. so that you can see you mm. 
Because I'm only going to mirror back what, mm. what you're showing, right? But I want to mirror back the good aspects of you mm. to know, for you to know that, no, you, you didn't fail. Like the things that you, you're, ex, you're exhibiting, you're experiencing, like people who go through addiction and things of that nature, those are all survival mechanisms. That's you, that's you trying to protect yourself. Mm. That's you trying to self-soothe and trying to find peace and regulate. You're just using a lot of unresourceful things to do it. Mm. So once you can understand that and, and somebody gives you a space to just be not well and to be whatever you are, then like you said, oh, you just gave me the space. You just imparted into me and gave me the ability to just feel whatever I'm feeling. And as I'm talking about that, you have that Cry Like a Man book. And that's, mm -hmm. that's my guy, Jason Wilson, who was one of my ambassadors for years. Mm. He had to write a book. For men to know that it's okay to feel emotion yep. and to cry, right? People now, because he's written that book, a lot of black men have been able to do what? Be vulnerable and, and start to release, right? Because he made it okay. He made it okay to know that, no, this is cool. This is the way. Like, you don't have to have this principle where we're just, as men, we're always just super hard and like, no. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not proper. Mm. You know, so religion can free you and it can trap you, mm -hmm. depending on who you following, mm. who you listening to. Absolutely, right? So obviously, you're following something that's giving you good guidance, mm. because again, even though the tragedies that you've experienced. You're still standing, and you still, even though all that mud jumped onto your lens, mm. you know what you're doing, Ahmad? You're wiping it off, man. Mm. Because you know what happens as you get older? We experience more and more trauma, and we start to be dissuaded by doing the right thing because it's like, man, look, mm. the world is a horrible place, bro. Mm. So why don't I just go and do and be and act? Mm -hmm. You know, we said this yesterday. We talked about, like, you felt like you're a good guy. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I'm a good guy. Like, I'm going to do what's right and what's just. I'm not self-righteous about it either. Mm -mm. It has nothing to do with anybody else. This is what I want to do. You ever seen the movie Last Samurai? Mm -hmm. They're they talking about waking up and every day they work on their craft. Mm. Right? That's their thing. They're, they live with a, a sense of honor. Right? And that's how I feel about myself. And But at the same time, I also understand that, shoot, I'm going to fall, I'm going to mess up. Absolutely. And I'm okay. I'm okay with being a hero. I'm okay with being a villain. Because to some people, you're a hero, and some people, you're a villain. Mm. But in my villainous ways, I'm going to self-correct. Mm. And I'm going to get back on course. And I ask that you give me the grace and the space to self-correct, just as I've given you the grace and the space to self-correct, mm. right? That's that's it. We got to appreciate people that want to do right. You know, sometimes we pe mm. beat up on people who want to do right, and then they slip up and they do some wrong, and they, man, you said you didn't know. Yeah. But it's a lot of people you can point at them and you didn't, so? They don't even want to do what's right. You know, they're, they're so deep into that self-soothing that they don't want to feel nothing else. They don't care if you point out that. So when you're dealing with somebody who's trying just be appreciative that the fact that they're trying. You know, yeah. that's all you got to do. Strive to be righteous. Strive to do the right thing. And that's all it is. So, Like you said, it's, it has nothing to do with being self-righteous. I try. And, and the people who, who who end up and that's all that they are is self-righteous 
and the people who follow them, mm. and they because they've pedestalized the pastor mm. and whoever whoever else leader there is, you've pedestalized that mm-hmm. person. Like Obama, if he got caught up in a scandal today, I'd be like, yeah, okay, bro. I didn't see, I didn't see man fall, mm-hmm. and I followed men who who failed, and I've Absolutely. I've gotten burned from pedestalizing them. What did we talk about yesterday? We're all on our journey, mm-hmm. right? We're all in the Wizard of Oz. Mm. And if you keep going down, going down that yellow brick road, and you keep looking for the great and powerful eyes to lead you and guide you, and you get to them, right? And you pull that curtain back, and you find out what the great, powerful eyes is not great and powerful. Mm. It's not until you realize and you look down on your own feet that there's one thing that be, remains true: the answer was always inside of you. It was mm. on your feet, the way home. Because where is home? Home is not outside of you. The only place you ever lived in your life is inside your body. Mm. And if until you turn inward and you seek the kingdom inward, you, you're not going to be on the right path. You're going to be on the path trying to find mm. the wizard, the great Oz, mm. when it's not. That ain't it. That ain't it. Mm. It's you. Man. They're not going to catch that. <laughs> They're not going to catch that. That's so real, man. We did a whole yeah. episode on The Matrix, and that's mm. uh, and that's that's it. That's the same message. Mm-hmm. The same message is, is is turning you back into you. So, again, if, you're, if your person you're following is so self-righteous and infallible, when they fall, you're going to fall right with them because mm. you put them up there. Mm. You put them up there, and you thought they were going to lead you, and they were going to complete you, and they're mm. never going to complete you. Mm. That's why we do the work. So that you can find and understand the completedness was always there. You just had to do what I said. Like I told you, what you're doing is you're just removing the mud off your lens, bro. Mm. Self-improvement is the basis for community development. Self-improvement is the basis for community development. It starts with us. That's what I've been interested in, Mm -hmm. like early age. Like, how do do I get better? Mm -hmm. You know, the way that people take it in terms of sports, I think about that for my life. Mm. Like how how can I get better? How can I be more conscious, more consciousness? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when I can catch myself in mid swing, and I did something to you, and I can catch myself and come back and apologize to you mid swing. That's how I know I'm powerful because I have control over what my consciousness, mm-hmm. and the only thing that gives me that power over that is my awareness, my awareness to see myself. Mm. Good, bad, and ugly, you know, that's the that's the power. But you only get that by doing the work. Mm. You only get that by doing the work, man. Got to do the work. So I saw you have my guy uh, Courtney Bell on your on your show. Absolutely. So we let's talk about music for a second. You listen to Courtney stuff? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I I, I met Courtney some years ago, and um, you know, I pulled up his uh his album, and at that time. I wasn't really listening to hip hop anymore. Mm. Like I would listen to my old stuff, but new stuff I couldn't tell you who was out. And I listened to him, and like you, like how I feel about you and how I met you, I was like, man, this brother, this brother deep. Mm. And so we sat and we had a conversation. But music is like, it's like the opium of the masses. Mm. They say religion is, but I think is is music because mm-hmm. life is music. First of all, your mm. whole life can be. Narrowed down to a sound wave if they put it on if they put it on paper, everything you ever said and ever did is just nothing but a a musical note. The minister right? said one rap song is like a thousand sermons, 
it could be like a thousand sermons. You want a rap song? Can be like a thousand sermons. So what what is the music done for your generation, good or bad or indifferent? Well, you know, I I, I listen to a lot of rap music. I'm not gonna lie to you, um, but. I listen to more classical music than anything. That's mm. just me personally. I was brought up on classical music. I didn't listen to rap music until I was probably, what, 12 years old. Mm. So I, I didn't grow up on rap music. I'm not going to lie to you, even though I got the Ice Cube shirt on. I caught up on it later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I listen to a, a, a lot of rap music. Um, I listen to Courtney, especially when we talk about Detroit artists. I listen to Courtney. I listen to Royce. I just like listening to stuff that's elevated. I like I like listening to stuff that I can relate to more. Yeah. You know, I listen to Kevin Gates because he's he's a lot. He's real elevated and, and and he talks a lot of stuff that I can relate to. It's just I gotta relate to it. Like I I'll joke with my friends like that all the time when they when they listen to artists. I'm not gonna name no names, but artists that I don't really I can't relate to. Right. Ain't nothing talking about. I shoot and I jump on them. Rob them, I'm you know. stab them, I'm Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I can't listen to that because right. I've never done that. And I'm not I'm not the type of person who can rap some stuff and you know and just like no 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 like that's not my that's not my reality. I can't even put on that energy because I've never had that type of energy ever. It just mm. seems like I'm fake, you know. Just rapping those lyrics would feel fake to myself. Mm. But rapping some, you know, some 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 Courtney lyrics or rapping some Royce lyrics or some Kevin Gates or just whoever I listen to, I listen to a lot of artists. Um, it just has to feel real to me, you know. I yeah. have to relate to it. I have to be like, you know what, I can, I can relate to that. So, you know, I, I, a lot of what. It's the the a lot of the music. I don't want to say rap because it's odd. A lot of genres, you know, out mm-hmm. here have, have have taken us in, you know far away. Like we say, R and B isn't R and B anymore. We're not talking about loving women anymore and loving your woman and all that other stuff. So, yeah, a lot of the music has been diluted now. Mm-hmm. But you know, it people paying for it and well, what it really is is it's the same thing as the social media. You know, yeah. people are just you know the, the 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 music is really just perpetrating the fraud. I hear a lot of the. The you know artists I I heard um uh, Icewear Vessel say on the Breakfast Club he was just like you know I'm hearing all these people talk about catching all these bodies and stuff like man that stuff is just unrealistic you know it, it, uh, I hear them they got a thousand bodies like, that's fake if you mm. really know what that's all really about you know they that's not how it's gonna go down it's real repercussions and real things that have to go down he said if somebody catching that body they doing thirty forty years like man they 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 might do like like it's like it's real stuff around you ain't you 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 just demon you just no mm. so it's just a facade it's all so, a facade so but in in terms of like when you see your generation because I know I know how it moved our generation mm-hmm. I know I saw the shift mm. from back when it was fun and mm-hmm. light and dancing and then I saw the shift when it was you know murder mm-hmm. you know and I can feel the shift in the culture um I can feel the shift when it was you know went to I'm a pimp mm-hmm. I can feel the shift when it was I got money mm-hmm. you know all those those messages were shifts and but also I, I was very connected to, I mean, Nas is my favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. But I was connected to people who, lyrically, man, I I can listen to stuff now. And I'm like, dude, these dudes was like, like, I thought I was smart. Like, mm-hmm. these guys, I'm, I'm 16, 17, they 18, 19, 20, and they speak and they dropping real knowledge, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what that's what I had gravitated to. I understand that you don't want to go to the club and hearing, you know, intellectual things. But for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I gotta if I can't decode your music, if I feel like like Royce, Royce had a a, a verse on his father figure track, and I just 
I just stopped. I yeah. had to go back, like, bro. Mm. And that's why I was like, yo, Royce is the truth, man. Like, I was breaking down. the music down, is like, good, like, man. Yo, if it, even if it's elevated, man, the music's still banging, it's, man. It's, it's, it's banging. And then, too, again, you got to go back and rewind mm. and start piecing together what he's saying. And, and then, too, I think of it as, like, yo, I, again, it's a game of intelligence. Like, dude, mm. you, you're a very smart person to pull those words together and those concepts together and make it sound like it sounds. Mm. And another guy like that is my guy Razcast. Mm. And I'm going to have Raz on the show too. Raz does mm. our, uh, did our intro song. Like Raz is like that too, man. And Royce just shouted out Raz for being a prototype mm. for his development. Cause, and, and you talk about somebody go back to 96. So the music, Definitely moves us in a specific way, and that's why I wanted to know, like how it, how it shaped the minds mm-hmm. of your of your generation. Like you said, it used to be pimp culture, it used to be this, it used to be that. It's more about pushing drugs now. Depression is cool. It was always pushing drugs, but now they pushing, drugs. but now they pushing different type of drugs now. Pushing right? different type of drugs. Depression is cool now. You know, depression they, is cool. I mean, if you listen to the music. That's what it is. You know. Um, Wait, I mean, it's, it's, I mean that that's that's shocking. I mean, I don't know if depression like is, is it is it is it. What do you mean by it's cool? That that's this a lane they, for that. Or it's they, a, it's they're a lane just for depressed. It, they're just depressed, and other people who are depressed listen to this type of music. But mm. it's it's not. I don't know if they're pushing it, but it's just it's a lane for it, you know. And a lot of people can relate to it. Apparently, mm. you know, it's, it's a lot of artists that you know put out different music like that, you know. I don't want to ostracize nobody, but you know, it's a lot right. of artists. You know, we all—if if you're listening, you, you probably could think of at least five artists that do that type of music. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just you know, you know, it got melodic tones to it. But it's a lot just about you know, popping drugs and sitting back, you know, and and, and really just being lost in all this stuff. It's just people expressing how lost they are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if I could be against that because I mean, they're just—they're telling people I'm lost, but other people—they're not hearing the message. They're not hearing what these people are saying. They just caught up in the beat and they caught up in the 808s and they just like, man, yeah, this is a banger. But the the, the whole time, the artist is saying, "I'm lost. I don't love nobody. Don't nobody love me." You know what I'm saying? I got all these mm-hmm. women and I'm alone. I wish I was you know, never made the money. I wish I could just walk to the store and mm-hmm. get you know a, a soda. <laughs> you know, it's just like whoa, right. whoa, it's a cycle now. Mm-hmm. But so I, I hear that, but you know. I don't like to judge, you know. I, you know, we're not trying to judge. It's just I hear it. You know, we gonna do better. It's just you got to do that self reflection. Well, you know, again, we can we can be upset at the artist, um, and it's a responsibility for them. But if nobody likes it, mm-hmm. nobody buys it and listens to. I it. mean, like that so said, for I, I grew up. You talking about Ice Cube? I grew up in. I, I grew up listening to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I ain't never shot nobody. I never done mm-hmm. none of that was their responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. Charles Barkley had a um a commercial, Nike commercial back mm-hmm. in the day when he said, I'm just a basketball player. I'm not a role model. Mm-hmm. Because we've made the outside, the things outside the home responsible for what goes on inside the what home. What goes on inside the home. So yeah, I look at rap music back in the day, like a lot of stuff they were saying, man, I wasn't taking that seriously. Mm-hmm. I wasn't influenced by it. You know, you know what happens is, this is it. When you have a, a ton of trauma in a community, right? Unresolved trauma. And then you add the call onto it. Mm. Like, you ever seen Manchurian Candidate? 
with Denzel Washington. I don't think I saw. Gotta see that movie. It's basically about really it's about programming where they program these mm. m- these soldiers to I perform acts yeah. when they would when they would create mm. a specific tone or call. They would say their name, like my name, David Arthur McCullough, and it would trigger them. Mm. And it would give they would give them the programming, the signal to go and do what they needed to do. The music by itself is meaningless mm. without the trauma programming underneath the surface. Mm. When you have the trauma programming underneath the surface and you have the, the generation that's stuck in fight or flight and you have the fatherlessness, right? And then you throw the music on top of it. Now you got a recipe for disaster because it's all one big formula. The music by itself, again, I was raised like my my dad would have been looking at me like, boy, if you you don't sit down somewhere talking about, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember MCA, I don't know how many people MCA killed in his songs. I ain't never thought mm. MCA killed these people in his songs. I mean, mm. I watched wrestling back in the day. I saw them just like that. Mm. That's not, that's not, that's not what we see. Until, until it got very, um, it got real when Pac died. Because mm. then it, it took from, this ain't just about music no more. This is, this is real stuff. And then mm-hmm. Big died. And that's, that's what did that, you know. But now, um. Go look. In the last year, I think like 20 rappers died. Mm. They got like killed. Yeah, I probably can name 20. And I don't even know. I didn't even know that many. Like, y'all got a lot of rappers, <laughs> first of all, these days. And a lot of them are dying and getting killed. Why? Because, again, underneath the surface is because you got... They're really trying to live those lives, you know. Rappers, typically, when you, when you, when you make it, what do you, what do you do? You move out of the hood. Why? Because the hood represents lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And what are you trying to do? You're trying to find safety. So all trauma is is the body, the brain not feeling safe. Mm. And so you have to stay in a state of safety, right? So that's why you're hyper vigilant, or that's why you're frozen. It's because the brain is still trying to protect you from something that long past. So really, in all the things that we're doing, and all the things that we're talking about, and we say it on every podcast, the buy buying the self-soothing, it's all just drugs, all of that, all the stimulus, all the stimulus you can mm-hmm. name is about trying to find safety. So it's up to people like you with podcasts like Breaking the Machine, Break in mm-hmm. the Machine. You need a pause. Mm-hmm. You hear me talk about space. You need the space between your consciousness so that you don't just become this knee-jerk reaction to everything that's in life. You know what's mm. happening in the community right now? Anytime we hear something that we don't like, we triggered, and then all of a sudden the thing that the person said could be truth, but because it triggered you, you can't even stand and listen to it. That's mm. what's wrong with our community because we're walking time bombs, bro. Mm. Yeah. I just seen it. I just seen it. I just seen, you know, people that never expressed themselves, you know, before years of held-in trauma. You have one conversation and they bawling in tears. It didn't happen to me sometimes, you know. Mm. You know, I didn't went through different things in life and ain't spoke on it not once. Then the first time you speak on it, you just overwhelm. Yeah. So it's just, it's what it is. You know, a lot of us, we we, we had those knee-jerk reactions because we stuck in the trauma. We stuck in it. Like you said, we were talking, yes, it's charged. That memory is charged. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 still got a lot. Of, it's got a hold on you. You don't think it has a hold on you until you really, I don't know, something about speaking about it. 
it really activates it. I don't know what that's yeah, about. But something about even just saying it, it makes mm-hmm. it real again. It makes it, it, it puts that energy back on it. You can think about it all day, but once you say it, yeah, it's back. Yeah, because again, it's it, the, the, what I told you, the issues are in the tissues. Mm-hmm. So you can speak about it, and then, and if you see it or if you hear it, that's how trauma works. Your brain is taking everything in an environment up. Smell, mm-hmm. even smelling something could trigger you. Mm-hmm. Hearing something, like I said, can trigger you. Something from a song or something visual that can trigger you, that throw you into, like I said, the Manchurian candidate mode. Mm. Now you're destructive to yourself. Mm. And if you're destructive to yourself, you're destructive to everybody else around you. Because if you're willing to destroy yourself, you think I care about you? Mm. Yeah. I don't. Because now it's all about survival. Mm. And my survival is more important than what you need, than your needs, mm. right? And that's what we have to do is, again, we're hoping people kind of find those spaces, those safe spaces like Inception and even just like your podcast, people to come on to be able to share their story and what they're mm-hmm. going through. I'm all about solutions. So what are the, some of the solutions that you're, you're, you're coming up with at your young age? What do you see that you're going to be doing? You know, it's funny. I was talking to um, my co-host, uh, Spank, and uh, we were just having a, a, a conversation. I was saying that I wanted to do uh, a book club, for real. Mm. And, you know, uh, one of the biggest things that I hear, you know, from a lot of, you know, successful people, affluent people, people that been able to chase their dreams and achieve their dreams, they're always reading books. They always mm. got a book to recommend you. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, put out a blanket statement, but... I don't, you know, a lot of a lot of the guys, you know, that I grew up with, you know, some of some of my my friends, you know, we don't read read books like that. Mm. So I was thinking, you know, and I don't know what it's about because we all can read. Yeah. It's just something about it. I don't know if it's not cool. What they used to say, if you want to hide something from a black person, what did they say? Put it in a book. Put it in a book. So you know, I think that's a, a start. You know, I wanted to start mm. a book club, us to get together, you know, and just sit down and really break these. These these books down, and even if you you're not the, the the most affluent, you know the book reader, you don't read books like that. If you get right. in this round circle, you got might have somebody who can like, break it down can, for bro, you. They got books on audio now. Exactly, you got YouTube. So it's like you know, I want to start that, and I want to just sit down, especially the brothers in our community, young brothers, mm. especially, and just have a sit down and read these books, and then just break them down. We meet up once a week and then break down the, the chapters that we read. Okay, this is what what did you, and then fill up, and then we we all spread the information because you're mm. gonna piece something from it that I didn't piece from it, and then together mm. we are gonna get a collective consciousness, so and collective understanding of what's going on. So I feel like you know that's. A, it's just what I said in the beginning. You got to make being right and being good. The good You got to make the good guys. got to show them winning. You know, you got to show but, them winning. But it's interesting that we watch comic book movies. Mm. And we love that. Mm. We love the good guy. Mm. And we love when the bad guy turns and becomes a good guy. Mm. Right? So we're moving in that generation. We're moving in that, that pace. Now it's important that just like you said, I don't want to talk about other guys, what they're doing, what they're not doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. You got to do that. Awesome. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. Mm. And it's up to we. Mm. So that's what you're doing. Like, you got you to gotta take that up. You got to take up that mantle and, and start doing that. Not even start. You already are doing it. Mm. Continue. I got it. I got another pl- I got some other stuff that I'm working on. I don't mm. you know want to speak share. on okay. 
at the moment, but it's it's really on some round circle type stuff. I want to, you know, do some traveling and, and really have these conversations in different places. It's really all. You connected out. with Brother Ben yet? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, he actually did my first interview. He actually conducted my first interview that I ever did. Okay. Yeah, good brother. Um, Real good brother. Him, 19 Keys, RZA, all of us. We all was in a, a group chat for, for a while, but all them brothers is good brothers, you know. All really just trying to push positivity and showing them that the good guys win, you know. Like like Brother Nineteen Key said, I'm rich and I'm righteous. That's how I'm that's how I'm trying to live. You know what I'm saying? That's how right. I'm living. So but it's it's really like, you know, when you look at this, I wanna get us all into a space where we can show the community and, and that's why I try to show them, you know, I don't try to put on the front. I try to be in my rawest element and mm-hmm. show them, you know what? You can be a good guy and you can still win. That's what I want to show them. So when we have this book club, I want to show them, hey, man, the guy that you respect who drives that Charger, who drives a Hellcat or drives that or got them Buffies on or he got them the, the freshest new release of Jordans mm-hmm. and stuff, he reads books too. You know what I'm saying? Right. He enjoys having intellectual conversations too. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. understands that this is a machine and that this is fake and that's a lot. That's what these conversations are about. It's showing them guys that they look up to and they respect and they can see themselves being, but giving them a different narrative and having these guys have real conversations and it's saying, oh man, these guys, they, they enjoy knowledge. They enjoy having these conversations. I thought it was just about shoot them up and uh, oh, that's mm-hmm. all of a side. Mm-hmm. I know the toughest guy growing up in the community, I know the toughest guy, the guys that I hang out with used to hang out with you know these are my partners man they might be the roughest got the roughest exterior but interior they had these conversations they had these thoughts they had these insecurities they have these different things so that's really what was the whole basis for the podcast i was like man i gotta have these conversations like the conversation we was having just sitting back chilling the other day it's just like man that's what started me wanting to have a podcast having good conversations with guys like you and just saying man i wish we had some cameras around because that could have changed the world. Right. And that's what it's about. I don't put on no front. I don't try to control the conversations. I just know when we sit down and when real men get in the room who are really vulnerable, it's always going to be something amazing. So that's what I wanted to, you know, structure the podcast around. Let's have some real good conversations and show them that, hey, man, people, people that look like you, you know, had those same type of thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the first book? What? For the, for the, for the book club that you're going to do. Oh, um, if I what would be the first book? I'm, Cause I'm actually writing the book, so I thought you was t- trying to tune in on me, like, oh, he, <laughs> you know, I'm writing a book. But no, nah, uh, the first book, um, I'll probably say "Message to the Black Man" by Elijah Muhammad, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, just because, not only because it's it's been impactful in my life, mm-hmm. but if you look at, if you listen to an array of artists, an array of influential people, they, they'll they bring that book up all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they'll bring up that, it's all, because it's so powerful. It really deals with, it breaks a lot of the lies that you was taught as a child, and then it makes, and then it puts, it don't really tell you what to, it puts that clean glass next to the dirty glass and said, you choose. Do you want to live like this? Do you want to be, you know, led like this? Or do you want to be, you know, the, your your own savior. Do you want to find that that right. inner that inner power that inner energy in you in order to change these different things in your community? You can't be treating your women like that. You can't be talking to women. But it just gives you that guide. And especially a lot of guys, they've never heard this type of this type of information. They've never been challenged like that. They've never been told these different. So it's really awestruck. And you know, a lot of these guys are awestruck when they come into this knowledge. You know, like I said, Icewear Vessel was on the Breakfast Club, and he said, "I read that book three times." I know that's one of the books Nipsey. Um, uh, wrote that list of books that he gave yeah. for people to read. So it's it's one of those fundamental books, and I probably would start off there just for that that ice to be broken and that shock factor and that just that just wealth of information and just self improvement. You know, just the self improvement. But I would definitely would um, 
have us read a book like Cry Like a Man and and just different just yeah. different books. But I definitely want to you know read wealth books and different books on how to you know achieve success and how to you know be attentive to your time and manage your time and all that. But I want to read books. I mean, because we all we all know we hear about this wealth and all that. But these different things, books like this, you know, um, books like Mr. Black Man, those are the type of books that. That you know you can't get that knowledge anywhere. It's it's only in the book. It's only in, in 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 you know in these spaces that we can receive that that information that really just is going to impact mm. us in a, in a certain type of way. Because anybody can tell us how to do our taxes or do this or that, but can't nobody tell us how to love each other. You know what I'm saying? No, you have to. You have to. You got to do the work. Mm, do the work. You, at, at that point, there's no reading. Because mm-hmm. that's that's information gathering. Mm-hmm. At what point do you implement? Prayer without but, works is dead. So yeah. when you receive the information, you got to put it to work. So I, I would say that my journey uh, definitely started with reading. Mm-hmm. And I devoured books because mm. I was like, I was, I was, and I was amazed at the things I was reading because it was outside of my realm of possibilities mm. and consciousness. And I think in our community, we've gotten trapped where. We only read things that confirm our belief. Mm. We don't read things that challenge the things that we believe. You know, so if people say they are there a seeker of truth, but you only read things that validate what you believe, you're not a seeker of truth. You're a mm. seeker of comfort. Absolutely. You know, so that's 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 important. And and if you're a Christian, why can't you read Elijah Muhammad? Mm-hmm. Why can't why? you read the Bible if you're a Muslim? You know, it's, right. You know, and and I feel like books like you know, crying like a man are one of those type of things. You know, when you as a, as a man growing up in society, when you hear something like cry like a man, it's just like whoa, what men cry? We don't do that, you know. Yeah. So when you, it's one of those things, it just really takes you out of your element. It really just understands, and it's and it's beautiful when it comes from a man that you can look up into respect and say, I wonder what he got to say because what you know. He's crying, you know what I'm saying? He's expressing himself. He's saying, you know, that it's okay to express yourself and it's okay to get real with yourself and offload those traumas and heal. You know, that's that's what the podcast is about. It's just showing, you know, examples of people you never thought would say that type of stuff. You know, guys that got money and are fluent, like why would they seek, you know, uh, somebody like, you know, an exception? Why would they go into an exception and heal? Why would that? It just shows, man, all that other stuff is fake, man. You can get all the money. You can get all the women. You can get all this stuff. At the end of the day, you just want peace. And that's what we on right now. We trying to get some peace. And that's what Inception is about, and that's what Inner Wealth is about. And it's just like, that's why we're here. It's like, man, I we see it through the matrix. It's like, man, none of that stuff matters, man. I just want some peace. I just want to be able to sit in my yard, and I'd have that PTSD of when I was living in Chicago and the guns is going off, and I'm checking the doors every night. 3 a.m. on the clock, like I was telling you the other day, because I had that trauma run through, th- running through me, and I mm. ain't even off- offloaded it. You know, it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It always kept me safe, but now it's just like it's it's, it's killing me because you know I'm in a safe environment now. But it's just like those are the type of different things that we got to see. We got to see through that matrix. I just want the peace, and that's what I'm seeking right now. I'm seeking peace, and I'm you know I'm trying to you know uh, um, just just tell the people my journey. Well, great, and and that's what we're doing. You're you're not seeking the peace; you are the peace. Mm. And once you know that, you start doing the work to again get the mud off your lens, remove the trauma that blocks the peace. Mm. You're already walking in in the essence of being a good man, a righteous man, 
a rich man. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's okay to be all of those things and that those realities exist simultaneously. So I appreciate you, man, for joining us today and stay on your journey. And I'm with I'm here with you. Man, I appreciate that. I really appreciate this opportunity. Just it was beautiful just building with you. Cause like I said, this was a thought back in March. We was having a conversation after one of my podcasts about inception and then it all came together. So this is powerful. Well, we're here, bro. Till next time, guys. Peace. La, 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 You've been la, listening la, to the la, Inner la, Wealth la, Podcast la, on EYL la, la, la. with David and Elizabeth. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.